and welcome into the Empire Dynasty League podcast. I'm your host, Ben, joining you on Thursday, the 16th of November, and joined by, just once again, one of my co-hosts. Hod, welcome to the pod. How are you, mate? Very good, Benny. It's a bit of a carousel, this. In one week, out the other. The revolving doors of podcast hosts. Mm, But we're in for a quickie bit of goodie, I reckon. Should I read into this? Is this something that, like, am I putting too much strain on you blokes that you can only bear with me for one week and then you've got to have a week off? I reckon that is an accurate (laughs) summation of what's going on. Yeah. I can't confirm that. Did we ever confirm what Keeney missed that other week? Wasn't it a... I mean, you threw out that he had thrush. Thrush, uh, that's right. (laughs) No, we didn't get that confirmed. Um, But he's off this week. He's he's a busy, busy man trying to please a horse. Um, Something like that. Jesus. (laughs) Whoa. Tell me more. We we don't need context for for that quote. (laughs) Whoa. Big Schlongmeyer. Got him wrapped around something. <laughs> uh, busy with uh, the AFL draft, but uh, we don't uh, we don't need him to to jump in this week. He shared enough of his thoughts last week, and he's not short on uh, on thoughts, old Keeney. So I'm sure that he'll listen to our take on this week and have plenty of thoughts up his sleeve to share with us next week. I thought he was in good form last week, the big fella. Who would have known? Talking about burgers gets him going. <laughs> Just on the spot there, but uh, it's a good little segue because we did speculate what your burger choices would be at McDonald's. Uh, speculate? You're pretty strong in your opinion straight <laughs> off the bat that I'd be a tartare sauce man. Thought you'd like the tang of the old tartare sauce. What are you, have, you, have you had a think about your top three? I've been thinking since I listened uh, the other night. And yeah, I can rattle them off. It starts out pretty uh, normal, I think, but but I'll get a bit saucy as I go on. So, number one, I think this was mentioned, but the double quarter pounder. Yep, that was Keeney's and Manny's as well, I think. But wait. With bacon? There are some amendments. Okay. The toasted bun has to go, steamed all the way. The large slivered onions have to get removed and replaced by the tiny dehydrated onions. <laughs> the reg onions. The reg. <laughs> now, this burger, I follow an Instagram page. I can't remember the name of it, but it's Best Burgers. A bloke just has the best job in the world and goes around and tries the best burgers. And this got rated in the top 10 that he's ever had from good old McDonald's. So, a double quarter pounder, but with a steamed bun. Steamed bun? Wouldn't that just be like soaking by the end? It would just soak oh. in all the juice? Juices. But if you think about like the Betty Burgers of the world, these gourmet burger yeah, places, they're all like soft and almost like a brioche. Yeah. That's that's the effect it has on it. It's delicious. Okay. Okay. So that is that is a staple of the drive-through experience for myself. Can I can I just jump in and say that Kenny and I weren't far off the mark that your number one burger is a gourmet substitute onion type deal steaming the buns. Yeah. Those slivers <laughs> have to go. Second, I'll keep it very very Reg, the double cheeseburger. Yeah, nice. It's a classic. It is a good one. Doesn't need to be changed. Just beautiful. Ooh. All right, number three. Let's get back to some gourmet. The McChicken. Always get one beef, always get one chicken. Yep. Got to be fair. Fair to the farmyard. But steamed bun again. Yep. And extra sauce. You have to yeah. smother it. Good. Slather uh, it. Slather it even. Now, the honourable mentions, though. Now, this takes me back to my good old days at Mulgrave Macca's when I was an absolute fitness freak. It didn't really work working at Macca's and 
getting right into my fitness. But can you guess what the honourable mention is, Ben? Has it got grilled chicken in it if you're talking about being a fitness freak? No. Good okay. guess. Is it, is it one of the uh, those wrap, uh, the rolls, deli rolls? Oh, hang on. You, you're going too far okay. ahead. I'm going too far. Go. Let's just bring it back a little bit. You're on the right track. It's lean. Oh, the the lean the lean burger or something, wasn't it? Oh, <laughs> what was it called? The lean beef burger. That's right. <laughs> now that was an absolute killer diller. The sauce on it looked like diarrhea, mate. Oh no, nah, it was like a tangy mushroom <laughs> yeah, setup. It was, like it, this, was delicious. it was like a light brown squirtle type. Yeah, and it wasn't the mouldy <laughs> lettuce that you normally get. It was like a nice cupped lettuce. The tatsoi, I think they called it. <laughs> and then I'll keep it lean. It was the healthy menu or whatever it was called, but you were on the right track. The, the deli tickets. choice. Yep. Deli choice rolls. Are you roast just going beef. All the rolls or just the well, roast beef? I don't remember if there was more than the two I'm going to name, but roast beef with the Swiss cheese. Yeah. And then the turkey and cranberry. Ooh, okay. They were probably the two that I never tried. So there were more deli rolls. Well, you must have never gone to Mulgrave Maccas because Jay Ranasanawana was <laughs> an elite artist back in the day. Forget about Subway and your sandwich artist. This man, he changed the deli choice menu and that wraps it up. Pardon Ooh, the pun. Very good. That was it. The tandoori chicken was the... That was the elite oh, yeah. deli chick, the deli roll. Yes, with the mint yogurt yeah, sauce. Yeah, that was good. Shit. That was good. That uh, in The chicken pieces that that had, they were the yeah. best. Yeah, I may have scraped a few of those tubs they, out of my day. And you've just reminded me, we've, we're going on a deep dive of Macca's nerd talk here, and Matt named the Name It Burger, which I forgot all about in the chat. Yeah, I didn't, didn't know what that was. Yeah, it had like some weird patty that was like, had squiggly edges or something from memory. But um, it was like a competition where you could name it. Uh, the chicken fold-over was there when I started. Like, it was old school and it had this like fold-over toasted pita bread with like chicken sauce, those chicken pieces and lettuce. <laughs> that was that, that would be up there in my top all-time menu items. But uh, anyway, enough Macca's talk. Again, I'm hungry. I know. So let's uh, let's. Any other thoughts before we jump into the news? Is that uh, that was your big takeaway? Uh, Just get- uh, no. I, I I'm really enjoying these top three. Um, some good topics to start. I'm not sure what the next one will be, but we'll have to leave the the listeners with something to ponder for us to talk about next week. All right. We'll uh, we'll get our um, social media team onto that one yeah. to uh, give us something. Let's get onto the news. Every newsman in this city's laughing at us, and I don't like it. All right, probably the biggest bit of news here is what came out, I believe it was today, possibly yesterday, and that is the Deshaun Watson season-ending uh, shoulder surgery that he needs. He's broken that bone in his shoulder area. I'm sure, Hod, you've got more technical terms than what I'm throwing out at the moment, but it, uh, it does put an end to the season for old Slippery Digits. I actually don't have too much on this one. Um, I don't know if it's a fracture of the scapula, proximerus. I would have thought it'll be somewhere in the uh, near the shoulder joint because um, the humerus needs a pretty high energy injury. And I don't think he got that. I don't know, actually know where it came from because he was he was great on the weekend uh, against the Ravens. So yeah, not too much on that one. But yeah, it's. Just like any of his injuries, it's sort of come out of nowhere and it's been quite significant. So, a bit of a bummer for Deshaun. Yeah, I mean, Manny has certainly copped pretty rough luck with trading him in. Um, I mean, if he's... There was a lot of talk about whether it was all above his shoulders, um, him missing, but clearly it's serious enough for them to put a pin in it and actually send him off to surgery so for him to play through maybe it's a little bit of the opposite maybe he was pushing through probably more than what people realized oh there'll be a netflix series on it one day um 
he probably has been severely hampered all this season. Uh, but, you know, you do what he did and then you have the naysayers who will talk about you nonstop. Well, that's true. I, I don't feel that bad for people spinning a negative narrative on that bloke. Uh, the other one is Saquon just tweaked that high ankle. I, believe it or not, didn't watch an awful lot of the Giants uh, getting absolutely destroyed by Dallas. Um, but, yeah, just add that to the list of things that could go wrong for the Giants season. Yeah, you're uh, speaking to the right person for that, but we won't won't harp on about that too much. But we are uh, some positive injury news. We have some possible IR returns. We sure do, and the uh, the name that sits at the top of this list is one that Manny, you know, with the bad luck for Deshaun, this would be one that he'd be hoping to get back, and that's Justin Jefferson. He's been activated. Was talk of him possibly returning last week. I think they're playing it a little bit safe. Um, yeah, there's a chance that he might be out on the field this week, which would be pretty nice for old Dobsy to have as a target. Well, it would be if it wasn't Dobsy because he loves a tight end. We'll get to that a little bit later. But Devin Achan, as Keeney likes to call him, uh, what's the latest with him? Is he back? Uh, similar thing. He's been He got activated early this week. So he's a chance to return. I know that most it's he's questionable. He's questionable every single week. Wilson's sort of being eased back. So they would they would like to get this bloke back into the mix. He was absolutely on fire before he went out on IR. So I reckon there's a chance he could be this week, possibly next week at the latest is uh, what yeah. it sounds like. <clears throat> yeah. So like Jefferson was definitely always going to be on the cautious side, um, probably taking up the full 21 days after uh, being designated for return. But hopefully a Chan and even the Friar Muth, who we've got next on this list, um, they've both been activated this week from less serious injuries. So hopefully we see both of them back in action. Absolutely. And uh, probably the other one who's a possible IR return soon is Aaron Rodgers, isn't it, Hod? Yeah. That's... Um... He's he's very much on brand. I think he loves loves putting his brand out there, and uh, he's a bit of a witch doctor. I think he's trying to put out there that he's returning in mid December, which would be an absolute freak show. So I did hear you on last week's episode and spruiking my medical abilities, which are a lot left to be desired, but I do my best. He, he is absolutely um, no chance at returning when he's saying he is. What, what we're seeing is that he's moving around in a very quick return, but the surgery he had, usually they repair the te- um, torn Achilles where it, the tear is and they suture both sides of that and then that's where all the... Um, sutures are holding whereas with this one that they did um it's a different speed bridge technique so it's all being held down on the heel so it's fine for general movement which is what we're seeing him as he walks around that's all good but when if he were to go out in the field and put serious strain through it it's going to go straight back up to where the actual achilles is torn so i think we're being taken on a little bit of a ride here um, sorry to Manny, but I, I'd be really shocked if we are seeing him this season. So what I'm hearing you saying is that Aaron Rodgers is just uh, talking a bit of bullshit right now. He loves spinning some bullshit. I don't um, believe you. It, well, uh, what, what's the worst that happens is he doesn't make it and he's returning from an Achilles. Yeah, exactly right. He, he doesn't lose anything from saying he's coming back. He's just... Loves a bit of uh, media, as as we all do. Absolutely. He, uh, yeah, and then got absolutely roasted in that article that Manny put up. Apparently, every, every one of the most hated players in the league are currently on the haircuts roster at the moment, and Aaron Rodgers is right at the top. Uh, he loves to, yeah, he just loves to talk. Loves the sound of his own voice. He does a bit of weird shit. He, um, you see the footage of him picking up that box after the game on the sideline, and he... It it opened up and fell out, and it looked like a bong fell out of it or something. It was fucking weird. 
Well, maybe that's how he's getting back. I don't he doesn't know. feel anything. Or well, some weird sort of like um, liquid spilt out. Or I don't know. It was a bizarre bit of footage. And uh, he's just a strange unit. And, yeah, I'm I'm with you in that he's walking around. That's one thing. The second that uh, you said any explosive sort of energy, I reckon planting your foot to throw, it's pretty explosive. You might need a bit more stability than what he's got at the moment. Yeah, I think if uh, if big defensive linemen were coming at him, I uh, think he'd be in trouble somehow. He'd just turn into the uh, Eli Manning and just fall over before anyone touches him. Be fun to watch. All right, let's uh, let's move on to the reviews. Let's move forward amicably. First of all, you're throwing too many big words at me. Okay, now because I don't understand them, I'm going to take them as disrespect. Watch your mouth. And uh, we'll kick it off with the haircuts matchup here. And he just measly 113 from the haircuts. Saw him being defeated by the galloping Jim City Stallions who pulled out a 135. And uh, we've got to start, I think, Hod, with talking about Jim just getting the ultimate buy low in Dak Prescott. How does that make you feel? Oh, geez, ease me, ease me into this one, Ben. You've, you've just hit me where it hurts real quick. Um, it was the ultimate buy low. Uh, I think Jim's done extremely well here. If we uh, if we want to dive into it, uh, and we do, I think, I think we we traded the trade for. I'm sure, everyone remembers, but Jones and a first for Dak. Um, that was after week four. Where, and up until that point, he had scored a 6, 19, 14, and 14. Yeah, which you could say helped me paint the picture that I see them two as quite similar quarterbacks. Uh-huh. Um, and obviously getting a few more years under the belt with age. But um, since then, he... So what he would have been, what, quarterback 20, 22, thereabouts on yeah, the year up until that point? QB2 with those scores. And then yeah, he has, has an ordinary week five. So yeah. it might have looked okay for you after that. Yeah, had a four or something. Yep. And then he's gone on an absolute rampage. Um, can you rattle off the scores? Because I cannot use my sleeper app right now. 24 goes on by, 28, 28, 37. Or that translates to QB1, QB3, QB2, QB1. Yep. Very well played, Jim. Um. And then if we do, we talk, do we talk the flip yeah, side for you? Yeah, I think we. I was just seeing if we've got that in the rundown later, but I don't think we have. Let's just get it. We may as well just rip the, rip the bandaid off. But uh, Richardson pulls out his biggest score in week four when you make the trade. Week five, he injures his shoulder and then he's done for the season. Uh, Daniel Jones, who you acquired for that week five game, hurts his neck, misses three weeks, comes back. Tears his ACL and he's out for the season. It's uh, it's not worked well for you, mate. No, it's um, well, it's it's funny that we're talking about quarterback misfortune because we're still in uh, Manny's game and he has experienced a little bit of the same this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but these are things that we cannot control in the lovely world of fantasy football. So, looking in hindsight, so far, I think Jim has done very well and. Dak was a big part of that win on the weekend, scoring a 37. Um, but what I will uh, le- uh, put in back into the equation here is I did get Michael Pittman out of that, and that was a big part of doing that trade. So he's he's sitting a very healthy wide receiver, 13 on the year. But, um, yeah, for quarterbacks, Jared Goff and Dak is a nice little tandem for Jim that uh, will keep him thereabouts every week with probably a 40 or a 50 on the table between yep. those two. Absolutely. And then for Manny, the QB misfortune, we spoke about Rogers. Obviously, uh, had high hopes. He bought him relatively cheap uh, to cover probably one of his biggest needs. He was, you know, hoping that Gino would would repeat what he pulled out last year. Um, and then didn't have an awful lot after that. He's made a few moves, but probably the most reactionary one, I'd say, is after Rogers got injured. He pulled off the trade, which sent Alave, one of the best young wide receivers in the game, who he traded in at a nice spot. Uh, sorry, he drafted, apologies, at a, at a very nice spot there and more or less made that trade, I think, just to shore up that QB position. It happened to be for uh, 
for Deshaun, who's now out for the season. Yeah, it's uh, look in hindsight, you know, we probably don't see Manny making that move if Rogers is still playing. So, just where it, where it takes my mind though is it's it really does challenge his wide receiver depth now. Get, um, he would have had Jefferson Hill and Alave as he's starting. Um, triplet mm. at wide receiver, which is as good as it gets. But just having to make that move and getting him out, he now is forced to play a Watson. I think it was a Christian Kirk and those sort of players that yeah. can still be can still be good, but it just tests that position a little bit. Yeah, and a little bit of unknown with Zay Flowers as well. So Sky Moore has not panned out. That's uh, fair to say. And as of right now, there's still obviously he's still young. He's still only in his second year. So, but yeah, in terms of he saw the proven talent in Alave, um, but had to obviously have him as part of the deal to get a QB because just getting QBs in is not easy to do. Um, he's had a few bad weeks. He was scoring pretty nicely, but probably his last two or three weeks have been just uh, subpar by his standards. What does he need to turn it around? Obviously, he gets Hill back off the bye. That's huge. Um, he loses Watson. Gino's been nice. Baker's been good. What What does he need to turn this around? Well, he's got Kamara on by, but Miles Sanders has been disappointing. Yeah, that's been a bad one for him. That was a good get, I thought, uh, going to Carolina, reuniting with Frank Reich. Um, but the more that we watch this unfold, I'm just not sure about Frank Reich. Uh, anymore, it, it just doesn't seem like it's all gelling, and and he's not using Miles Sanders. Like Tuba Hubbard was named the starter last week, I'm pretty sure, which doesn't mean much, but it's just a carousel there at running back, which is not what you want for fantasy. Um, on the position, which we've put, talked about a fair bit, Gino has a lovely run to finish the year, so he could be a shining light for Manny to turn this around because it has been a few dry weeks. Um, and what, not what we're accustomed to seeing where he scores a 140-plus most weeks. So that could be um, a nice win for the back half of the year. And then Baker's his other quarterback, isn't it? Yep. He yeah. also, yeah, he's got Will Levis as depth if he needs to play him. Um, and probably the other one as well is Kyron Williams, who was looking very, very good before he had the high ankle uh, injury there. So if he can get himself right for the back half of the season, um, there's not many weeks left, but yeah, if he can sort of get a bit of a run going and, uh, and produce what he was producing before he got injured, that's going to bode pretty well for him. Yeah, that's a good point. Cause then if he has Walker, Kamara, Kyron, Kyron, and, um, if Miles Sanders gets back on track, that takes care of your flex spots and you're not putting in a, a lowly wide receiver, yeah. which Christian Watson's proving to be at the moment. So, yeah, plenty of uh, plenty of opportunity there for Manny to turn around. But, yeah, he'd want to be putting up some bigger scores than what he's been used to in the last few weeks if he's a real contender. He sure will. And uh, we'll move on to the next game, which this is the type of score he'd be looking for or hoping for each week, and that's the Grouse putting up 161 against yourself, Hod. The Humdingers just scoring a 95 here, but the talking point for Keeney's got to be Josh Dobbs, doesn't it? Another 25 yeah. for the bloke. Charlie Villanueva is sitting at quarterback <laughs> seven on the year. It's pretty <laughs> astounding uh, considering, what is it, his team, third playbook. He just yep. strolls in. Did you see the footage of, um, who's the Vikings coach? Um Anyway, Jesus, no, can't think of it. Um, he that that rush rushing touchdown of Dobbs. You can see that it wasn't the play call, and he's just improvised and ran it in, and easily ran around a defensive back, which are no slouches when it comes to speed. <clears throat> and you see his reaction. Kevin, Kevin like, O'Connell. Oh, Kevin O'Connell. He was just like, "Cool, this is fun. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't call this, but you can do what you want. You've just been here two minutes, and we're winning football games. So, well, yeah, they're back on track to make the playoffs again. Which, when Kirk got injured, everyone kind of and Jefferson was out at that point. Everyone kind of just went, "All right, well, there goes that season." 
Well, here's a here's a stat for you. You brought up Jefferson returning earlier. Vikings are one and four with Jefferson, five and zero without him this year. So, um, there's just another fun wide receiver stat to throw out there. Um, but you, you'd have to think Jefferson improves their chances coming back. Absolutely. Well, Speaking and, uh, of quarterbacks and wide receivers, though. Yeah. This one is Stack. one of the better ones going around. One of the nicest stacks. We have the Sherbet sitting at QB4 on the year for Keeney, which has gone a little under the radar because I think the Chargers are stinking it up uh, based on their potential as a team this year. Um, and Keenan Allen, 30-plus years of age, and he's sitting at wide receiver three. He's had two 35-plus point games this season. So... That's very nice to have on any given week. You can put up 60 or 70 between the two of them. Um, that's going to go a long way to scoring these 160s for the Keen Dog. Mm, very nice acquisition that he got off Camo, um, just to have that stack going there. And he hasn't got many years left in him, you wouldn't think. But Keen doesn't care because if he keeps ripping out 35s every week, who gives a shit? The guy's wide receiver three on the season. Um mm. He's under an injury cloud. That's pretty common for for him each week. But uh, yeah, the very very uh, nice little stacky stack they got there. What about uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Stefan Diggs, don't we? There's that's a lot of. Uh, I know we didn't have this in our notes, but there's a lot of uh, negative talk about him in Buffalo at the moment, and apparently he's putting up posts on his Instagram saying that he. You know, asked to get more of the ball and the coach sort of laughed him off or basically said, go chuck on a jersey for the other team or something like that. And it's just, I don't think this is going to end well. Well, I'd say that Diggs already has the upper hand. They've just fired their offensive coordinator. So if you're saying coach and that was referring to him, um, that's probably Could already a good sign. Um, yeah, because I don't think McDermott and him have ever had a run in and he's not really a coach that stands for that shit. So I'm sure it was probably with the offensive coordinator or one of his wide receiver coaches, but um, he's still like Josh Allen's having a little bit of a stinker this year, but he's still wide receiver four on the year digs. So um, maybe this is just another calling where the wide receivers crack the shits and then they come out and turn it on for the, yeah. the next little while. So look out who's playing Keeney this week. Well, saying Stefan say, Diggs for a forty. You say that though, and he's going to go up against Source Gardner. So, no, that's true. Um, although I think Source Gardner, it, he doesn't follow around. I think he stays on the one side because they would talk this matchup up in week one, and Diggs came out for ten receptions for a hundred yards and a touchdown because I think they moved him away from him in the formation. So, who knows, mate? Who knows? Yeah, the other. We'll just quickly talk. Keeney did worry about rolling out four charges, and uh, Gerald Everett did put up the old doughy for him. But uh, I think the other charges held their own with a 28, 19 and a half, and a 35. So averages out okay in the end. Oh, yeah. All I hear then is 160 divided by nine. Yeah. Not 10. <laughs> exactly. It's pretty healthy. It's impressive. That's uh, fair to say. And for the dingers. Not a lot. Probably the only uh, or the main thing to be excited about is Jameer Gibbs. He looks unreal. He does. That's um, Sadly, you get to this stage where it's slipping away. Uh, you do sort of hang on to the shining lights of your team and what you can look forward to in the years to come, and he's certainly one of them. He's uh, super fun to watch. He's, he really reminds me of Jamal Charles, um, mm. watching him mm -hmm. uh, run, run around, and he's not... He's not just a um, outside zone sort of back. They are still running him through, and it was nice to see him get some red zone carries actually on the weekend. They didn't um, just fall back into the Monty train down there. So it was a pretty yeah. even split in the end, wasn't it? In fact, I, did he get a little bit more than Monty? A bit more snap percentage. I think he had fifty-eight percent here. I don't know how many rushing attempts uh, Monty oh, saw, but it did seem a lot more balanced than what it was looking before the Monty injury. Yeah. I mean they're they're just a good team. They're gonna they're gonna be have positive game script most. So you'd think most of most weeks they'll both get a pretty healthy amount of touches. But 
if they're only going to have that 14, 15 touches, I know which running back I want uh, in that situation because, um, yeah, it gives us pretty electric and makes the most of it. So it's a fun player to have on your side for sure. Absolutely. Let's uh, let's move it on to the Bayside Executioners, which just continued on in their winning ways. 106 just getting the job done here for the Executioners, who defeated, uh, you know, one of the mainstays at the bottom of the league at the moment, the straight cash homies, but it was a good performance from the homies. A 90... Uh, I've skipped over a game here, but that's all right. We'll come back to it. The homies, yeah, 95.9. Very nice. It's... Um... Yeah, you say he played one of the lowly teams, but the way Scoot's going, it feels like he's playing a lowly team every week. It's just the way the schedule churns these sides out for him. Because you were running me through some stats earlier, Ben. It's it's almost... I never thought I'd speak of Scoot like this, but he is the Don Bradman of the league. <laughs> Run us through some stats that will... He... Can, yeah, his team... He's eerily similar to your team when you look at points this year. So you've had a bit of bad luck. His team, we weren't expecting an awful lot from, and, I, and it's fair to say that you know a few of his players have probably overperformed to what a lot of people thought. But in terms of uh, points for your team, 1,042. His team, 1,058. Max points. So let's go off if you play the ultimate lineup. You're 1,266. He's 1,233. And then points against, you're 1,182. And he's 11.97. So you're, you're talking tens of points off on all of those three lines there. But the biggest difference is he's currently six and four on the season and you're three and seven. So it really just comes down to uh, to who you've faced. And another stat that I've got here is your, uh, your old expected wins percentage, which I do like this stat. This is uh, one that we found a website that, produces this and this basically says if you were to play every single team in a given week how many wins and losses would you have so you'd be on currently 39 wins 71 losses Scooter be on 47 and 63 but uh his win current wins versus his expected wins he's basically uh he's basically an entire win or two ahead of what uh his expected wins should be so he's doing the best in the league at the moment versus uh, expected wins, which uh, probably yeah. speaks to his luck. Yeah, it's uh, it has been pretty fortunate. I'm, uh, I'm only invested in this because I've got his second-round pick and it's not as high as what I'm liking at the moment. There's always an agenda. But, um, but surely you're enjoying how much frustration this would be causing for Papa, though. Yes, that's true. I uh, there's always a silver lining, and that's <laughs> certainly one of them. Um, speaking of silver linings, well, depends how we look at this. Kyler Murray, mm. that was a very, very impressive return. He did not look limited in any way. There were a couple of scrambling first down runs that he had that looked exactly how he was. So they have been bringing him along. Pretty nicely, it looks like they were. They've been conservative. They haven't rushed him, and then to come out and produce that and get a win for the cards was was very uh, fun to watch. But the irony is, he's going to score um, against Tim's max potential. Whatever you call it, yeah. Um, which is obviously a big factor in the draft lottery. So the irony could be that Kyler got a sniff that Timos is after another QB and he's just like not so fast. I <laughs> I don't I want to be the top dog on the straight cash home. He's not Caleb Williams or who's the other guy? Drake May. Yep. Um it's interesting how this one's gonna play out, but he was uh, yeah. very, very impressive. I think he has sold enough assets that it won't affect it. Because he already had Jordan. He already had two viable starters going into it. Jordan Love scored a sixteen. Kyler scored seventeen. So what? It's a difference of one in his max points. I reckon that gap could open up as the season goes on. I agree. But in terms of what he's having to roll out in other positions, I mean, he rolled out Keyshawn Vaughn, who was, I think, a healthy scratch, or did he even play? He played eight percent of snaps. Um, like, yeah, it's just. 
the rest of his team has a lot of gaps in it. So I think probably his nearest competitor right now is the DFF, and I think the DFF's got a little bit more scoring potential across the board that it shouldn't matter. Like, we looked at it last week. I don't know if we discussed it on the pod, but Tim is basically gaining about 30 points on average every week in that max point differential. So he's improving his position by roughly 30 points a week. Um, That's hard to do. So I I think he's going to have this in the bag, to be honest. He's executing the plan very well. Uh, But as you say, you're bringing up some names there, and it sounds like of the squad of 25, it's pretty grim. So you look at then, well, what's that draft going to bring in? And he's got three firsts, which is going to be pretty healthy. Nice inclusions. But then it's only three thirds and a fourth. So that's seven players coming in. And I'm sure there are more than seven pretty ordinary players in that squad of 25. So this might take a little bit longer. Um, Whereas you've got Papa, who's just absolutely stacked with picks, who could bring in a plethora of eight or nine or ten, however many he's got, that could impact a bit sooner. But yeah. Well, I mean, you've got to look at where they're at in this process. Like, Papa's going into, what, his third year? This is his third year of of just gutting it and uh, starting from scratch. And I think next year is probably when he's going to look to start competing, probably in a similar position to you where he might sort of sit a bit on the fence, see how things play out, have another year of rebuilding and then look to to reload the following year. Whereas Tim, this is his first year going into it. In fact, he sort of kind of only at the late or the back end of last year did he start enacting mm. this process. So I think he's a few years off. It'd be interesting to get his thoughts to, to sort of speak about how many years he sees this playing out for. But I, I agree. I think this is probably a three-year process for Tim. Um, but yeah, maybe a situation where he just looks at you know, turning over players and seeing if he can just continue to get value for these. Maybe he gets a few draft picks that show a bit of promise, but it's not looking like they're going to line up with uh, where he's at, so he just reloads again. So, yeah, be interesting to see how uh, long he has this process playing out in his mind. No, that's a very, very good point you make. Uh, and speaking of Papa's punishes, he came in with an 89.24, the rematch of the inaugural championship game, wasn't it? It sure was. Sure didn't have as much uh, spice to it as that uh, No, that championship game did. It did not, but in similar fashion, OJ's legal team came away with the win with 108.4. Has Papa ever beaten Jake? It's probably a <sighs> question without notice. Stats team onto that one. Yeah, um, they're busy tonight. The um, But Jake's had a bit of injury, bad luck here. Injuries to both quarterbacks. Um, Derek Carr's got he's in the concussion protocol um, and who's his other quarterback Atlanta Heineke Heineke hurt his um, hamstring late in the fourth yeah he's got a very low grade I think he'll be fine they got the bye week this week so Danny DeVito though in he comes yeah uh, could be could be getting a start here um, I don't for, know if that's a good thing or not have you watched that guy play well he put up a 13 that's better than yeah, a lot of quarterbacks he, last he, week. It was his first start the week before he played just about a whole game because uh, Danny Jones got injured pretty early. But, yeah, he's, his scoring has come from junk, basically. Junk time sort of plays here. He's, he's Look, he's scored on his legs, I think, in his very first few snaps, and then he threw a junk time TD to... Um, Who's the young... Oh, I can't even... Anyway, it doesn't matter. He, he's been putting up a bit of junk, but it doesn't matter for Jake. If he scores, he scores. So it, it's at least a viable person for him to roll out in his super flex spot. But, speaking, of, yeah. speaking of scoring, Amon Ra St. Brown, the sun Oof. god he was once named, drafted in the, the lower rounds. Um, Mid-second round, I think Jim got him. Which is oh, I, just, thought it was, I thought it was later than that. Uh, I think like he was a pretty highly rated talent, and I think Jim got him. I'm sure it was mid second, mid to late second, might have been. You 
you can get the stats team on that one whilst I talk about him because he is now... We've seen the likes of Wes Welker and Edelman, and I'm sure there are others, but Antonio Brown to an extent. But when you're a dominant slot player, you really can't be schemed out of it. And you made a good point off air about the middle of the field now is a little bit protected. They don't get blindsided like they used to get blown up and probably made him a bit more nervous running through. But... He, he cannot be schemed out, and he is a super dominant slot player and a really, really strong asset that Jake can build around for however many years he takes mm. um, down the bottom or up uh, up the top, wherever he is. But he's he's a lovely player to have, and that offense is a very fun one. Yeah, and I mean, I've always wondered what it would be like to have a a decent Detroit Lions team to watch and we're finally getting it. But uh, it's been a, a lot of ordinary years for that fan base. i got stats team out. Uh, can confirm. Amon Ra drafted at the 205. Jim got him. Um, and also Jake and Papa, the very first time they ever met in this league, Papa got a victory. So <laughs> kind of squashed that theory pretty quick. Oh, damn it. Well, he hasn't looked back though. That's <laughs> uh, true. Jakey boy. So, um, and then the last point here, it's Javante Williams. We're seeing him return from the knee, mm-hmm. I think it was. Um, he's been he's played every game this year, but we'd have to admit. And then the last two weeks, though, we might be seeing him back to full health or getting close to it because they have ramped him up significantly. 27 rushes. I think he had 30 touches in total last week or two weeks ago. And then... Just this past game, another 21 rushes and four catches. Got a lovely 19-pointer. Might have needed 18.4 in another league to beat Papa, but he doesn't care. He he loves his assets in Dynasty, and he likes seeing Javante scoring solidly, which he has done the last two weeks. What's funny, I reckon a couple of weeks ago, Kenny and I spoke about uh, Javante on Papa's team and how he's trending very nicely. We sort of anticipated that after the buy, the way things were tracking, that they might well and truly take the training wheels off. But he only had 52% uh, snap percent in uh, in that 19-point game that he ripped out. So he's doing that in only 52% of snaps. There's there's so much upside for this bloke. And if they continue to just sort of ease him along, this is the perfect recipe for Papa, I reckon, that he pulls out sort of you know, your mid-teens to low-twenties on low snap percentage while they just get him nice and ready for next year and he's going to be absolutely loving it. Yeah, and we've seen Sean Payton, if he manages to stick around, you never know, but um, he does produce fantasy points for running back. So if Javante does build, like you say, for the rest of this season and they go in with him as the... uh, cowbell next year then he's he's in a very good position um the cowbell uh, the cowbell is that what it is bell cow, bell cow. <laughs> i've got to get a i've got to get a cowbell sound effect for the board yeah yes doing it for the listeners um yeah so in a good spot javante it was uh i actually watched a fair bit of that game the other day um because i was invested in it and he looked really good I, i'm actually shocked though 52 percent of the snaps it seemed like he was out for most of them like, P. Ryan plays a little bit on third down, but it's really only when he's gassed because he, he's on the field a lot, um, mm. Javante. Or it's probably more he's used when he's on the field. Um, he, he has a high usage rate. So that's yep. that's what you want. It doesn't matter how much they're on there. It's it's how much they're used. Well, exactly right. It's pretty fucking efficient if you can rip out a score like that off 52% and used in the air and on the ground as well, which is also nice to see. Uh, next game is, let's saw the Prestige Worldwide scoring a 99, which is very low by his standards, but it was enough to get a win against the DFF, who scored a uh, probably respectable by his standards, 95. So I just my biggest takeaway here, mate, is that Jamar Chase got left on the bench for Matty Mack, and if that doesn't speak volumes for what his opinions of the DFF is, I don't know what what is. Would you agree? Um, look, we're, not, we're probably never going to get inside the heads of those two, especially when they're together. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of uh, hubris 
uh, I think. Well, Jamar but- was he, he was trending. He was he was a borderline game time call or whatever you want to call it. So, Matt, it it's fair to say that if this was a three a.m. Melbourne time start, I'd kind of say fair enough. You know what? Matt's rolled the dice. It hasn't panned out for him. Daylight savings has happened both here and in America now. This is the latest those early games will ever be. A 5 a.m. Uh, start for Thais. And he didn't want to set the alarm for 4.55. This is a bloke who was getting up at 3 a.m. when the NFL season started. And now he won't even get up at 4.55 just to check to see if uh, Chase is going to play and roll him out. Basically, he thinks, DFF, your team is so shit that he doesn't need Chase to get a win. And he was right. He beat you. Or he just doesn't mind losing to the DFF. Like, if that's how it ended up, Thais might have just been like, whatever. Because we do know <laughs> this is a relationship that was, is, well, we'll get into that. But considered as close as the human centipede, let's be honest. So, we, we have to ask, though. I'm hearing that the relationship could be fractured since this result on the weekend. Have... Have you heard if they're speaking? I mean, I haven't seen them speak to each other in the chat. I don't think either of them have really engaged much in the chat. I think there's uh, maybe there's more to be read into here than than what people are thinking. Yeah, it's uh, a work in progress maybe or to be followed uh, closely. We need, to, we need to look out for this relationship. It is a good one, um, but... Yeah, unhealthily close at times. We'll know. We'll know if uh, if they still have been listening because I'm sure straight after they hear this little bit, they will be jumping in the chat to speak shit. Um, yeah. Let's get back to talking about their lineups. How how good of a pickup has Jalen Warren been for uh, Thais this year? Got him for a dollar off waivers. Yeah, I can speak to this one. I, ha- I have him in the other league. Uh, he is... He was getting a lot of momentum in the off-season and it's probably off the back of Najee. Uh, there's definitely concerns there. The You talk about snap percentage before. Mm. There are not many games that it's not close to a 50-50. Well, he had 51, uh, Warren, in his last game. There you go. So, he is the much more explosive back. Um, he's a kind of a shit position to be the Najee Harris's of the world because... They often are there on first and second down, which are the downs that they're going to try and stop the run. So it's the bash Mm -hmm. and crash. And then Warren comes in and is that spark that gets all the glory. So, but he is, he's impressive to watch. He's explosive. He's got a low center of gravity. He sheds tackles and he's exactly what that offense needs because it's, it's not the most explosive led by the uh, triple K man. What do we call him? The old Kenny. The four Kenny. Ks he's up to now, but uh, yeah, Kenny just another lackluster performance. No picks for Pickett, but no touchdowns either, and only 126 yards. Um, yeah, I mean, him and Wilson. When Wilson's doubling your score, you got to be worried for Kenny Pickett, don't you? You do, you do. But I tell you, he's not worried anymore. He's, um We'll flip it over to the prestige, but Joe Burrow, he he's looking like he's moving around freely again. His last three games have been pretty impressive. Um, top five quarterbacks on the week, I believe, or four, six, and seven. Mm-hmm. So he's producing what we're accustomed to seeing. He had a slow start to the year, but that's well documented around the calf. Uh, but he is moving around. I watched a little bit of that game, and, and he is freely moving again, which is nice to see. It just allows them to do a lot more than what they were restricted to earlier in the season. Yep. I do like to uh, just touch on here, Sam Donald watch. Just uh, had his fifth game with a neg- negative score out of five, out of nine possible games. It's uh, it's impressive to do for old Sammy Donald. Uh, just well, continues to impress. I feel like you're always slipping in the quarterback <laughs> whisperer skills of the DFF, but after my trade, I might have taken that. I might have taken the title of... It's a hard mantle to, to claim, but you are kind of... You're sort of sneaking on par with him. You, but I, I, Probably the biggest difference is that your QBs have shown glimpses of uh, of greatness. 
well, shown glimpses and they're not playing because they're injured. It's not by decision. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Jimmy Garoppolo uh, is pretty healthy at the moment. Yes, he's healthily looking very Trey, charming on the sidelines. Trey Lance is healthy at the moment. Mm. So is Darnold. Yeah. Anyway, I don't think there's... I mean, neither team scored over 100 and we've probably spent too long talking about both their lineups. I know why you're spending too long, because there's one game left. Is there? I thought we were done on the games. No, uh, we're uh, <laughs> You launched straight into mine, so let's finish with yours. All right. We uh, we had the San Diego <laughs> Demons just coming out in the game of the week with a monster high 164, highest score of the round. And fair enough, too, because his team has that upside and uh, they were all firing, that's for sure, and they defeated the Park City Lions 124. Just wasn't enough, Hod. This is three, three disappointing weeks in a row for uh, the Lions. Squeaked in a win in one of those three weeks, but putting up 124s, you don't deserve to uh, to beat the teams like the Demons. And sure enough, uh, he did everything he needed to and probably starts with CeeDee Lamb, who's just looking absolutely ridiculous coming out of the bye. He is. Um, he, he had a pretty slow start to the year. Um, it's well documented. We talked about Dak. It's probably correlated between the two of them. It uh, wasn't looking very good, but let me reel off some scores um, following the bye. He has had a 35, a 22, and a 34 wide receiver, one, three, and two on the week. And just massive target, 14, 16, 14 for 160 yards, 190, and 150 with three touchdowns in that span. They have come out of the bye with some concoction. And why is he not being drug tested? (laughs) AJ Brown puts up one scorching game and he gets drug tested. I don't want discrimination here because he knows how to lift a weight or two in the gym. Go and test CD Lamb now. Something's happened. Camo's loving it. The rest of us aren't, but it's um it probably goes into something you're hoping for, Benny. Some of the same concoction. Yeah, a bit of uh coming off the bye. Hopefully Mahomes can sort his shit out because he uh probably looked at his all-time lowest going into the bye these last couple of weeks beforehand. So hopefully they had a bit of time. I think Andy Reid from memory has an extremely good record coming out of the bye. Um, So hopefully that's what the Chiefs needed because it's what my team needs is a bit of an injection of uh, scoring because no sooner did we have a podcast where we spoke about just the potential ceiling of my team and how the QBs and... They can kick me off with almost, you know, 70 to 100 points. I don't think my QBs have scored over 20 since we've made that comment. In fact, I had to roll out Lawrence for the first time in forever, and he pulled out a 2.1. So it's for a position that I was pretty comfortable with. It's it's not giving me an awful lot of comfort um, right now. Well, I mean... the. Encouraging how uh, Andy Reid does prepare the team after a bye, and they usually do come out swinging. For you, hopefully Mahomes is on um, in some good form there, but it really does depend on this the facts that science is throwing out where Travis Kelsey can only perform when Tay-Tay's around. And you might be in luck, Benny, because they've got a home game, and she's been at most games at Arrowhead. No, nah, this you're is your head. this is where I'm worried, mate. I live with a resident Swifty who uh, who digests everything Taylor Swift. She's gone back on tour. She is oh, no. back on her world tour. She's just finished up in Argentina, where she professed her love to uh, Travis Kelsey. And I I worry about this hod. So not only is she not going to be in attendance, which he's not going to get the Taylor Swift the T Swizz bump. Uh, my worry is that his head's not going to be in the game. He's going to be no. so caught up in just where's she at in the world? What was her last show like? Has he spoken to her? The time zones. If she's doing international shows, he's going to have to worry about, you know, getting up potentially at 2am just to call her and see how the show went. My worry here is that Kelsey, and this is my bold claim, for the rest of the season, is, uh, he's not in the top five tight end contention which 
really, for him, tight end one should be a lock most weeks. I think he's going to struggle. That's a big call by you because I was looking at you could be back on track. I obviously have no idea what Tay-Tay is doing or where she is at any given moment, but I thought you'd have a chance this week if she'd be in attendance for the home game. But knowing this now that she's not away, does Travis just go two weeks' time, a little trip to somewhere known as Las Vegas and just goes, you know what, fuck this. I'm just going on an absolute bender. Not going to worry about Tay-Tay and he could just produce. He could. I think he's a changed man. I think he's uh, he's in the love bubble. But I'm also just talking this into existence because I want to moz, I want to do the reverse moz and hope that uh, he pulls out a 40-burger this week because I can't handle uh, expecting a 20 and getting a 4 or whatever he got against Miami. But let's stick with tight ends. And we've spoken about it, and I did predict that Dobsey would uh, help the old hawk get a 20 or 30 burger, and that's exactly what he did. The 30 burger, Dobsey loves a tight end, Hod, just like you. How's the form of this podcast? Well, I swear we speak a lot of things into truth, and you did. You you had a bold claim. Let's hope your last bold claim for your sake doesn't come true, but the hawk launched for a 30, tight end one on the week, tight end one on the year. Mm. So he's looking good. Hasn't had his uh-huh. buy. Hasn't had his buy. But speaking of things into truth, I'm pretty sure we did say a few weeks ago when the Vikings acquired Dobsey that this could accelerate the Hawk into stardom. He already probably was, but being the tight end one now, that's a, that hasn't been with anyone else other than Travis for a number of years. So that's a feat in itself. Yep. Uh, he's, he's under a bit of an injury cloud, so hopefully it's... Not too serious. I think ribs has him questionable and day-to-day. So hopefully uh, he can back that up. But you're right. That's it's a very nice performance. And that speaks to old uh, Dobbsy's ability to just tuck and run or to just dump off to the tight end. It's, it's a nice little way that he goes about it. And to be honest, I hope he doesn't get brought back to earth because I, I just enjoy watching this story. It's, it's such a good story that this guy was passed around, I think, you know, same team multiple times, but I think he's been on like eight different teams, seven or eight. Um, yeah, it's his fourth year and he's just, he's elite at the moment. He's, what do you say, QB seven seven on the year? That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that probably just will continue on here just with QB depth. Who needs it? Camo just rolls out James Connor in his super flex spot. And he handily triples Trevor Lawrence's score there. Um, I guess it just shows that Camo put up the biggest score of the week, and we talk a lot about QBs here, but if you build a good enough roster in every other position, when they fire, who gives a shit if you've got your Superflex covered or not? Because he's got 34 out of Lamb, he's got a 30 out of Hawk, uh, you know, Najee and Mixon and all these other players, they got double digit. Conk just comes out with another 14. Fucking Tyler Conklin, that guy, he doesn't drop anything. It's the last two weeks, six for six, seven for seven. Just silly. Um, but yeah, I just think that Camo's team, this is this is what you got to worry about because Russell Wilson's starting to get his shit together as well. He's looking, he's looking pretty decent. And the rest of his players, Olave, Came back, looked good again. They, they, they're they starting to get a nice little floor, the old demons, which there was a patch in this season where his floor looked a bit shaky, but now it's just starting to look safe as houses. Certainly is. Um, it's going to be an interesting month, this next one, that starts to shape the pointy end of the season. And like you said, you got Camo is looking strong. You've got a few things to fall back your way. Keeney's looking strong. Manny needs a few things. So there's um yeah, there's Matt's a lot. Matt's got some upside. Matt's got some upside. Um, probably wants to yeah get a bit get into the triple figures, but um yeah, it's going to be a really nice month. This next one, it's going to shape the rest of the year and see who falls into that six seed. Oh, that dreaded six seed that us, uh, everyone else who makes playoffs worries about. All right, let's yeah. finish with the power rankings. That's the power 
And I think Keeney might have touched on this last week, but uh, between Matt and Keeney, if they sort of just hum along and, and win win their games each week, which I think their projections have them ahead in all these matchups, they finish the the regular season off in our fantasy head-to-head to potentially take the number one or number two seed, which would be absolutely huge. So be uh the last couple of weeks when we go into divisional games are going to be fascinating to watch here. But we'll start with uh, the bottom part of these power rankings, which hasn't changed an awful lot. We've got the straight cash homies just sitting there. They had a nice score, but still sitting at number 12 with a 2-8 and eight record. DFF, pretty similar score as well. Staying there at number 11, 3-7. and seven. And Pappas punishes at 2-8, and eight, just rounding out number 10. Yes. Well, I'm I'm glad you did it in quadrants because it's nice to be in the next one other than the bottom. But it is the humdingers at nine. Just it's really struggling to fill out a side at the moment. Um, quarterback is a struggle at three and seven. Um, and then yeah, we we talked about it. Old fucking fluky Don Bradman here at six and four at number eight. And then Jim at the even five and five uh, is sitting at number seven unchanged. I might have to look back here. I don't think Jim has moved from the number seven spot in probably four or five weeks. I just think he's just rounding that. He's just uh, carving that out to be his spot at the moment. I think he'd like it to be six or five in terms of playoffs, but uh, let's see if that changes. Number six here, talking about a bloke who's just made this spot his own. That's OJ's legal team at four and six and has no qualms, I think, about being in that number six position. The number five team, we uh, we spoke about it in their review there, and that's the Johnny United's haircuts, just underperforming by their standards and would like to turn things around, but it's it's pretty tight up the top here. And the number four side just sees our first bit of change for the week, and that's the Prestige Worldwide dropping down from three last week to number four at six and four with a score of sub-100. I think it's fair that a bit of movement happens for Thais. Thais loves a bit of movement. I actually had an update on the weekend. I, I went to the races with Thais, and I'm not sure the 9 a.m. thing is a thing anymore. Ooh. Yeah. I, uh, anyway, we won't dive into that too much more. But <laughs> um, Has he got any assistance? Or? Yeah, he's on the ashgawanda. <laughs> it's the herbal medicine. <laughs> Righto. It's very Aaron Rodgers-esque. Yeah, it's a cheesehead thing. Um, Park City Lions... Uh, yourself, Ben, have dropped two. Yep. Now, I'll round this out and then give some thoughts here because I actually didn't finish the episode last week to hear the power rankings, and there's been a massive shift here that I've <laughs> noticed. Uh, San Diego Demons at eight and two have mm-hmm. uh, jumped up from the fourth position there, and that might be the highest Camo's been in a very, very long time. You two have occupied those top positions maybe with Matt there as well. And then the Grouse, with a 7-3 and three record, has jumped up from the 10th seed two weeks ago up to one. Yep, it's uh, he's come a long way since he's lost to the DFF, that's for sure. So hang on, hang on. So he was the 10th seed, and then he comes on the podcast, and he jumped all the way up to number two. He did. That's right. I, I can't help but think that that... That there is some shady shit going on because we all put these power rankings in every week, and all of a sudden he just jumps himself up eight spots. I'm not going to get around that, and I'm certainly seeing it. There's what does a record mean these days? You've got the Bayside Executioners at six and four, Prestige Worldwide at six and four. They're four spots difference. You've got yourself and Camo at. Eight and two, two and three. Keeney at seven and three. He's ahead of you guys. What, what's a good old record mean these days? Did you not listen before when I when I analyse your team and scoots? Yeah, no. I'm I'm trying to strengthen my <laughs> argument here. Don't worry about that one. No, I was really just wanted to get into Keeney, but um, that's fair enough. He's not here to defend himself, so go your hardest. That's the best part. There's a little bit of movement at the top there in the power rankings, and I think you're right. I reckon that could be 
the highest that the San Diego Demons have been in a very long time. They've always been peppering that sort of top top five, I think, for just about every season. He's been a competitive beast, the Demons, and I think he's just got to... Uh, I think he's hoping to get that hoodoo of uh, playoff wins behind him, so... He'll be looking to make a very late push here, but he's in a very good spot and hoping to continue. And he, you know, when you come up against talent like the Demons and you lose, you can't be too disappointed. So well played, Camo. And uh, I suppose Keeney's, oh, I think, fairly deserving of that number one spot there at 160 this week, Hod. Yeah, it's absolute blasphemy. Um, I am loving these top threes. I look forward to what gets thrown out in the chat this week to get the listeners submitting their answers. I have heard it floated by someone that they wanted sex positions, but I'm not really keen to overshare my sexual prowess, and I'm certainly not keen to hear about Papa's positions on all fours. So I'm not sure we can go with that one. But we'll see how we go. Well, maybe we can throw it in there with a little bit of a more G-rated uh, touch on it. But it was good to be back, Benny. It's uh, Let's see if we can get the three of us back together next week and uh, set up this run home for the season, which is shaping up to be a good one. Oh, yeah. Pod- podcast over and out.